I still do not understand why people continue to come after Bears Twitter, why they they feel they want to pick a fight with us. And it's not even the national media. Now it is people from our own hometown. There was a columnist, reporter, I don't know. I don't know who, I don't remember his name. I don't remember what newspaper he was with. And you know what? I don't want to embarrass this person any further because this is not about him. But he came out the other night. It was Wednesday night. He he made a comment about Valus Jones Jr. saying that he was undersized. And of course, our friend Ill Will went after him and was like, bro, he's not small. And then they got into a, a verbal or a Twitter exchange about vernacular where undersized and small are pretty much synonyms. Ill Will was blocked. I roll up and I'm like, listen, I've been in the presence of Valus Jones Jr. And I do not find him to be undersized. I was impressed with him physically. I was blocked. Now, eventually, this person just went out and deleted his old Twitter account, which maybe is for the best. Maybe Twitter isn't for everybody. Maybe we shouldn't have such access to your thoughts, especially if you're going to say things that are unsubstantiated. And to me, and this is the thing, like the Bears fan, we're we're meatheads. We're meatballs. We're meatheads. Like, whatever. We get it. But we will rally around something when we find that it's just inaccurate. Like when people come out, like you can have like this, you can say that perhaps Bayless Jones was not the receiver you wanted. We should have drafted George Pickens, whatever. We can have those conversations. But when you say something so erroneous that he's not big enough to play the position, well then that, that unites us. That unites us. You might as well just have been tweeting out that you put ketchup on a hot dog. None of this makes sense. And so I'm very sorry for that individual. Nobody deserves to be bullied off Twitter. But at some point, you have to have the wherewithal to know, like, maybe maybe Twitter isn't the place for me. Maybe this isn't my thing. Like, listen, I've been to plenty of open mics and seen people, you're like, maybe comedy isn't for you. That's what that's what Earl Skakel told me one time. And he was correct. But in any event, uh, now I do podcasts. So it's all, it's all working out for me in the end. In any event, I've talked way too long. We have a guest waiting for us in the, in the green room. You're going to love her. So, uh, Sammy, why don't we just go ahead and start the show? Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen, there goes Fields, touchdown! The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other, it's gonna be sick. Welcome to Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Great show uh, lined up for you today. By the way, Bayless Jones Jr., not undersized. Just just once again to reiterate that, I'm sorry that our guest had to sit there in the green room and listen to that. I got a little passionate about it because it because it bugged me. And if you if you follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you've by now seen the the promo that I cut with Bayless in my presence. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, please do. But right now, I want to welcome uh, my guest. You know her from the NFL Network. Uh, she is completing her rookie season. When you see her, you will likely recognize her. And you'll be like, obviously, from the NFL Network updates, from reporting, from training camps and mini camps, all during the offseason. But she was a viral sensation the, earlier this year. She was the reporter who asked Cooper Cup a, a, a nice question. And we got one of the most detailed answers of all time from Cooper Cup. She's that reporter. 
Uh, and we also uh, we also had a lot of fun during Super Bowl week. She did the Boston Marathon during the offseason. She's amazing. You're going to love her. Please welcome to the show, Bridget Condon. Wow. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Seriously, I have been begging Adam to let me come on this podcast. For me, life goals, it's like host SNL, come on the sick podcast, like just a little oh. bit higher. So this is truly a dream come true. I listen, first of all, you flatter me too much. That is not, you asked me one time and I said, we'll make it happen. It's been, it, it hasn't even been seven days. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I'm, th- I'm flattered when people want to be on this show. Honestly, you're, you're a rising superstar. It's always one of those things too. It's like whenever you, like, so you're an SNL fan as well. I knew this. Uh, I think you're a Colin Jost person. Is that, is that your favorite? No, don't, Who don't put favorite? me on that. Um, like cur- currently or all time? Current. Okay. First of all, currently, who's your first, your, who's uh, your favorite? Well, I like, if we're talking weekend update, I'm taking Michael Che over Colin Jost. Okay. Listen, though, okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, all um, time though. Are you a Sandler? All you're, time. Not old, you're not old enough for Sandler. Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig. Um, yes. yeah, like that kind of genre. I love, I mean, Cecily Strong. Yes. There, there's so many people that have come in and out. And I think, I don't know, it's so sad. I don't know if you've talked about this yet to see so many people leave this season. I know. It's been a, a huge disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Was, um, I know that uh, Pete Davidson's going to be gone, which is unfortunate. Is Kate McKinnon leaving too? Is that another one I of think, those? I know AD Bryant. Was Kate McKinnon oh. in the, I think she, she was. She might have been. It's I difficult. Know. I love this. I know, I, again, everybody's like, good to the bear. But listen, let me tell you something. We <laughs> love Saturday Night Live. This is one of the things that I enjoyed about working with you, especially during Super Bowl week, is you like a lot of the same things that I did. Like, you liked Friends. Like, that, when we did the thing with at Friends, when we were able to go out and be in that, that setup and be in that studio, it was it was amazing. Oh, we're running the pictures oh, the right picture's now. The picture's awesome. <laughs> I was... I'm so excited to be there with somebody who is as, as excited as I was. Like it would have been a bummer had I been with somebody that was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't like friends. It's funny because they didn't even ask us before they assigned us. Hey, do you guys know nope. anything about friends? So it just happened to work out perfectly. I've actually been to that uh, set before when I was in high school. So I kind of had a preview of it and I was so excited. Friends is one of those shows where you're having a bad day. You can't fall asleep. You turn on the TV. Friends is on the TV. No matter what episode, you're right back into it and you're laughing. People who are like, I'm not doing Friends. I've never watched Friends. I'm like, what So what are you living for? Yeah. It's a comfort food type of thing. It's a comfort yeah. food TV show, you know, like uh, like Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> I listen. Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever your QSR of choices, Taco Bell, Wendy's, we don't have a, we don't have a QSR sponsor yet. Quick serve restaurant sponsor yet. So this is an opportunity. You know what? We went to Chick-fil-A. I will tell you this. Wendy's chicken products dunk over Chick-fil-A, but I was, I was going to be deferential when, uh, when Hank was going to drop us off our driver, Hank, uh, Fred Hank, I should say Fred Henry. I called him. I can't believe you remember his name. Remember his name. I talked to him. I, I correspond no. with him still. How did you no. not get? I guess I, I didn't was, make that good of an impression. No, no. Well, you did. You did two days. Like you got to remember, I did oh, six. You had days. the week. Okay. I did six days with him. So we had you, and then Kimmy checks took over, and then Kayla also joined us at the end of the week. So I had six days of Fred Henry. 
you had two. Otherwise, you would be getting the Christmas card as well. No, it hasn't been Christmas yet. But in any event, um, character. But when he drives us to Chick-fil-A, I'm obviously going to go. I'm not going to. And then you got yeah. mad at me because I ordered grilled chicken. The disdain yeah. in your face when I ordered grilled chicken from Chick-fil-A, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I don't know anyone who goes to – was that your first time at Chick-fil-A? It was not my he first go time. He goes to Chick-fil-A to order grilled chicken. If I'm eating healthy, I'm going to some salad shop, you know, maybe Sweet Green, a little Salad Works. I'm not going to Chick-fil-A. I'm, I'm going to get the fried chicken because that's what tastes good, and I'm going to get a sauce per chicken nugget and dump, dunk the entire nugget in there and eat it. Um, it was a stressful day, a long day of work. That was our reward. And you walk in there, and don't even get a cookie or anything, just grilled nuggets. So I don't uh, know. Point of, point of reference, Fred Henry did buy us cookies from the <laughs> coffee shop he was waiting at all day. So I know that I, I was going to get a big caloric intake from a cookie later. I'm, listen, it was Super, super Bowl week. You got to understand that it can go poorly for you if you don't plan for it. Like, because you're going to get a lot of free food. They're going to offer you a bunch of things. So you got to, where you can save some calories, you got to be able to do that. You got to take it smart. And you got to have a Chick-fil-A drive-through for you. Yeah. You know, you got to have a smart approach. You got to have a a correct approach. And speaking of smart approaches, you've been covering the Rams a lot. Now, obviously we mentioned the the Cooper Cup interview earlier. Uh, You were out there this week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with the Cooper Cup extension, Aaron Donald signed an extension. In your, in your time, Covering the NFL, is it fair to say that the Rams might be the best organization in football? Look, I think we'll never know what happens behind closed doors. We can only see the contract numbers, the environment of players at practice, the way the coaches respond and interact with each other. I think what's happening at the Rams, if you have your top guys, Aaron Donald, you have a Cooper Cup, you have Matthew Stafford signing extensions, that's a pretty good sign. Also, we just interviewed Cooper Cup actually an hour ago about his extension. And he said, it feels really good to be a part of an organization that respects what you put out there on the field and rewards it. Because that doesn't happen across the league. We've seen so many instances where we think this guy is in heaven with this team. And then he leaves because they can't get a deal done. They can't figure it out. That makes both sense for both of them. So I think... You know, I'm sure they have their problems, and I'm sure it's not always going to work out this way. But this year, you win a Super Bowl, you get your three big stars back, you get them paid, they're happy. Yeah, things are looking pretty good up there in Thousand Oaks. Not only that, but they bring in Allen Robinson, who's Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, you know, you look at Allen Robinson, he leaves a situation probably less than ideal last season with the Chicago Bears, goes to the Rams. Uh, Would you anticipate Allen Robinson? having a breakout or a bounce back season this year? Absolutely. I think if you're around a team with receivers like Cooper Cup, we don't know what's happening with Odell. I don't know how they would fit him in right now, but you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah, they don't have to sell it. I'm not, yeah, right. I'm not in charge. And Van Jefferson, people have elevated receivers specifically in the Rams organization. I think this is a perfect fit. And from being at practice, talking with players and coaches, he seems to be fitting in perfectly with these players, the culture, everything that comes with being a Ram. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. Because look, Cooper Cup had an outstanding year next year, or last year. But this season, everybody's going to be double teaming him every single play. You know, they did last season, specifically the end of the season. But you got to have somebody else that can, 
you can throw to. And I think Allen Robinson, um, you know, is a, is a great addition for this team. 100%. And Allen Robinson was asking about quick service restaurants to bring this topic back <laughs> is he was talking about like what menu item you would want returned. But I told him because he's, he's a new resident to Southern California. I said, you got to hit the Del Taco and hit the, uh, the fries. And he said, he would, he said, he's like, I'm going to take you up on that. I am going to try some, some fries at Del Taco. So I'm glad that I've we're never still... been to Del Taco. So that's okay. That. You know what? There, you always get this pushback from people from Southern California. They're like, there's tons of great Mexican food places that you can go to. And I'm like, yeah, but like Del Taco is not like Mexican food. Like it's not like I'm not going for the authentic experience. It's like they have a drive through. It's 10 o'clock. I know what I'm getting. I think that's more of the thing. And so for a quick service restaurant for their for their fries, um, pretty good. But again, not to go not to go into the, the, the fast food talk, but about the Rams. Now, you said before you came on that you were having a big like a meeting, like a training. Uh, first of all, that I wasn't invited to. But is it about the salary cap? Was it about the Rams not having a salary cap? Because I think people get frustrated. Like Bears fans are looking and they're like, hey, we're going to have $300 million in cap room next year. But then here's the Rams who have overextended themselves. They're like, oh, we gave this guy 90 mil. We gave this guy 75 mil. What gives with the Rams and their lack of a a salary cap, so to speak? Look, I think this is a very – tricky situation that is hard for me to wrap my head around and I've done the best I could just for you and your listeners here I have to give a shout out to Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic she covers the Rams and she is my girl every time I have a question she's like one of the smartest people I know I call her up she breaks it down simple terms doesn't make me feel like an idiot so it's a win-win for both of us but basically the way that the Rams are able to sign I mean really five players I actually think it's with Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup, all of their contracts total to like $430 million, yeah. which is insane, but they're only paying a total of $310 million guaranteed. So what happens is on some of these contracts, they have void years on the back end. So they mm-hmm. essentially can pay these players cash up front in bonuses and things like that, but they're not counting against the cap until for Aaron Donald, it's 2025, you know, he breaks his contract up. So his contract essentially is over in 2024, but they're still paying him in 2025. I know this is getting very Uh, complicated. I'm trying to make it in simple terms, but the one thing that you, you know, Stan Kroenke, bless his heart. He has to have this money to give these players right now. So he's giving them cash, but it's not counting against the cap this year. They're getting paid in the back end, and the salary cap has continued to go up year after year. So if you think about 2025, and they might owe Aaron Donald you know, $20 million, well, the salary cap is probably going to be higher at that point, if right. that makes sense. So it's a lot of, basically, they're charging everything on their credit card, and then instead of what you or I would think, if we don't pay this right away, our interest is going to go up for them. Their interest is going to go down. So there's a way that you can maneuver to pay all of these guys money over a long period of time. And maybe you're giving them a bonus this year, but it's only counting, you know, 2 million towards the salary cap this year. Does that make sense at all? hundred (laughs) percent. No, when you put it that way, it does make sense. They are magicians. Well, it's crazy too, because we've seen, so many teams not do this. 
You know, yeah. during this offseason, you know, Devontae Adams gets traded to the Raiders. We saw Tyreek Hill get traded to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Russell Wilson ends up going to the Denver Broncos. Like, now you sit on our news desk, so you see a lot of these transactions going yeah. down. How shocking, how shocking has it been this offseason to see some of these moves that have happened? It's been such a crazy offseason with so much news. Usually this is the time where we just sit back and kick our feet up. But I yeah. think, again, Cooper Cup talked about it this morning. It doesn't always happen how it happened for him and his team. And we've seen that with so many players wanting out. And I also think with social media and the quickness and the details you can find out about a contract and exploit that on Twitter or, you know, whatever outlet, these players are seeing this and it's like, well, I was more productive on the field. Why is this guy getting paid more than me? If I'm not going to get that, it'd be like if you or I or everyone at NFL Network, we just put our salaries all, you know, on, on the front door. I and wish we did sometimes. <laughs> I know. And and I'm looking at someone else who makes five times as much as me, and I know I work five days a week, and they work one day a week. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'd be walking into my boss's office too being like, pay me or I'm out. I'm going to go to wherever else that's going to pay me the money that I think I deserve. So I think that adds to it. I also think with social media, players have their own platform to go on there. And maybe before – it was, I'm in an office with Bill Belichick and I'm, you know, talking to him and Robert Kraft saying, I want to get paid. And they're saying, well, we're not going to pay you. Okay, well, I go home and, you know, I pout about it and go back to practice. Well, now I can go on Twitter and say, I can, I can even just unfollow the Patriots yeah. and somebody's watching and going to start a story, going to get traction. Now other teams are like, oh, could they potentially not be happy there? Let me figure out what we can do money-wise. So I think that... We don't realize how much of an impact being able to publicize your frustrations really has on these players. And I think it's a player's world right now. And I'm happy because these teams do have the money. And if they can make it work and they can pay them, why not? I'd want to get as much money as possible, too. Yeah, I'm always going to come down on the side of labor in these situations. I want the players to go out there and be happy. And I guess it's it's a testament to the Rams that all these guys who look like – and these are like the Packers and the, and the Chiefs are winning organizations that have done a, a nice job over a number of years, and they could not hold on to their guys. The Rams are not only keeping their guys, but the Rams okay. are bringing in others. They're bringing in others. And then they're, like we yeah. said, like Odell Beckham Jr. could at some point rejoin the team. Like, why not? Why not just have everybody show up and play for the Los Angeles Rams? And uh, But I guess it is one of those things that you look at, and that's one. But they're at the top of the football world now. Sean McVay has made two Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks. I think that there could be a changing of the guard, you know, obviously with New England being so good for so long. Like maybe it's the Rams. Maybe they've figured it out in the whole forget your picks and things like that. Now, I do want to ask, did you go to Las Vegas? You were scheduled to go to Las Vegas this week. Did you make it out there? Yeah, I was out there yesterday at practice. How happy was Devontae Adams? It looks like he's thrilled, thrilled to be in Las Vegas with his boy Derek Carr. Okay, so my trip to Vegas was very interesting. I've never been to Vegas a day in my life, right? And I'm a 20-something-year-old, goes to Vegas for 24 hours, doesn't even step foot in a casino, just goes to Raiders practice, which is pretty funny to me. But what's even funnier is when I got there, it was like 110 degrees, and they're practicing two fields away from us. So it was really hard to even see what was going on over there. But uh-huh. I was talking to some of the people there who, you know, are around the team a lot more than I am. 
saying Devontae Adams is so happy. Him and Derek Carr are working so well together. And you can tell that there's kind of this weight lifted off their shoulders at the Raiders because unfortunately there was so much adversity that they had to overcome last season and they still made it to the playoffs. So now this season, Derek Carr even said just being able to, you know, talk about football and not be fielding questions that he, to be honest, he doesn't want to talk about. He shouldn't have to talk about, but he's the captain. He's the quarterback. Who else are we going to ask? He has to have those conversations that are very difficult. And it does, whether players want to say, no, that's not a distraction. It is a distraction. So to have that kind of away right now, at least, and just play football, learn this new system that Josh McDaniels is bringing, I think there's a little bit of a, a light that these guys feel and, and just, you know, excitement to, to see what can happen this season. Did you get any one-on-ones? Were you able to talk to Josh McDaniels or Derek or anybody like that? No, it was too quick. I hope, you know, oh. whether it's training camp or next season, um, we'll get that opportunity. But, I mean, I'm not Adam Rank. I can't walk up to these people oh. and say – I'm Adam Rank. Like, come I take me out to lunch. I would have. I would have barged in the door. I would have said. I would have. I would have walked up <laughs> to Vinny Bond. Walked up to Vinny Bond Senior, who covers them for the Las Vegas <laughs> Review Journal, be like, Vinny, give me the inside scoop. Let me know what's going on. I. Uh, you know what's funny is uh, we're we're going over our training camp assignments. I should have put. I don't know why I didn't put down Vegas as one of the places I wanted to be. I. I can't imagine going to Vegas. How disheartening it must be to like land at McCarran. And then be like, I'm going to Henderson. I'm not going. I'm not going downtown to the Circa. I'm going to Henderson. Uh, but you know what? The, the 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 sacrifices you have to make to be out there. Uh, it's under. It, you know, I, I don't. It's commendable. I'm just trying to be a responsible adult. You know, I could we have. have I could have gone out, had a great time, but look, I wouldn't no, have been no, able no. to bring you the news that you all deserve. Not the news. We want to know, and it. I listen. <laughs> Whenever we hear how happy Devontae Adams is, you know, Bears fans turn that into like Aaron Rodgers sucks. And then he no. comes out and Aaron Rod not sucks as a football player, but like But as a person. Uh, I don't know, his new girlfriend is like, what's her name? Blue Stun or something? Like, bro, like we need to talk to you. Like we need an intervention. Like, can we can we have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers? Because like He's now going cuckoo. Like he's going Howard Hughes cuckoo. Did the and toe not like lift a you know raise an eyebrow for you last season? I know there was there were some things going on. I think I blame Pat McAfee. Like hey, uh, some people we need to know less about. It's like your neighbors. <laughs> like your neighbors. Like I think that our na- like you should be on waving terms with your neighbors. Like if they need a something moved, if they need a, if they're in mortal danger, I will step in. But most of the time, like a nice wave, be like, that's good. Well, I live in Orange you know County. This is, this is probably true. Like, it's probably, you're probably better off. Like, you don't want to know them too well. But like, that's the way it seems like it's been with Aaron Rodgers. You know, what's so crazy. Growing up, my mom used to go knock on the neighbor's door. Hey, can I borrow an egg? Can I have some butter? Yeah. The thought of me leaving my apartment right now and knocking on one of my neighbor's doors being like, hi, can I have an egg? Yeah. Like, I think I'm happy that we're at this stage. Uh, no. but <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He probably is not asking for eggs. Probably not. He probably doesn't talk to his neighbors either. And here's the thing. Like if you need, like if you needed an egg, like instead of walking to my neighbor's house, which I can see right now from this window, <laughs> I would be on Uber Eats. Like, uh, bring me one egg. I'm on the Ralph's app. Like, yeah, send me I would rather egg. pay $20 for one 100%. egg than 
than face the awkwardness of knocking on my neighbor's door asking for an egg. There was something. I don't know uh, where that egg was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you keep a house. I don't know. From your chicken or the grocery store? I don't know. I will say though, when you're in the Midwest, I will. I remember some of my earliest memories were running Coors Banquet beers to my neighbors, like because like, hey, Doris, Doris from across the street called. I need a. She needs a couple of beers, and then it was a normal thing. I don't know. Simpler times, I guess. It's also like I would rather that than an egg. Hundred percent. Like that makes sense. (laughs) Borrowing a beer, like that makes. That's at least a little bit acceptable. I, um, because like you're gonna return the favor and you're gonna yeah, bring me a bottle or something. You're not gonna bring me my egg back. Oh, never. Yeah, unless you're okay, making we spent cookies. too much time talking about eggs. This is where Bear's Twitter is gonna come at me. No, Bear, this is where Bear's Twitter is gonna come after you because I want to ask you. A lot of times we bring on our friends. You know, we have Draft Doctor Phil. We'll bring in Shane, Bear Down, Cause Ill Will, uh, Carmen Vitali was here the other night. Obviously, we we think Brian Perez. Uh, we we all think very similarly. Like we don't have too much dissension. So I like having somebody with a little bit of an outside perspective. I don't want you to be shy about this. I am telling you right now, Bears Twitter. I I don't run Bears Twitter, but I hold enough sway to be like, listen, she's giving her opinion. It's fine. But as an outsider, as somebody who covers the NFL, what are your impressions? Of the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are incredible straight to the Super Bowl. God, <laughs> don't don't be this way. Okay, okay, okay. Richards. I think <laughs> I'm trying to get some bonus points here. No, but seriously, I think the Bears are building a foundation. Do I think they're gonna be in the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. It'd be a pleasant surprise if they were, but I think they still have some holes that aren't necessarily gonna get filled this year, but defense wins championships and Eberflus has done a great job of stacking that defense. He's a a defensive minded head coach. I think the whole thing that happened this week with them losing out on a practice, I've been listening to a lot of different kind of hot takes on what this means for the bears. And what I've taken from that is these are some eager guys that are trying to prove to their new coach, to their new staff that they belong. We're not talking about a 53 man roster right now. This is a tryout still for a lot of these players. So to hear that they're going hard and a little too much for the league, if I'm a Bears fan, cool, I'm happy. It's how they respond to this. What are, you know, are you going to continue doing this after you've been disciplined? Hopefully not. If you do, then maybe that's a bigger issue with where is, you know, who's in charge here and why are, why is coach or whatever letting this happen? But as of now, I think it's a good thing. And are we, is it that big of a deal that they lose a practice? I don't think so. If they don't make the playoffs, are we like, oh, well, it was that practice back in June yeah. that really did it for this team? No. But this is how you respond. Why not get some adversity, you know, early on in, in the off season for them to kind of work through and figure out, all right, who's going to step up and be that person in the locker room that's like, hey, guys, I know you're really eager to show coach, but look, this is what's most important is getting the time out on the field. Let's just kind of dial it back. No, 100%. And that's, I think, the way a lot of people are looking at this. You know, they're they're looking for players who want to play football, who love football. And if their exuberance is getting the little, the, the best of them at times, that's okay. That's the kind yeah. of stuff we'll take. It's on, you know, the Bears do need to cut down on dumb penalties, but it feels like this was kind of a smart thing. And, of course, we talked about this on Tuesday night uh, with Carmen, that four out of the last five teams that have had OTA violations 
have gone on to make the playoffs the following year or make the playoffs that season. So perhaps it's a little bit of a tone setter and the kind of thing of, of changing the culture. And you think about these teams that make quick turnarounds. And obviously this past uh, Super Bowl week, we are covering the Rams and the Bengals, the Bengals being the surprise team, the Cinderella story coming out of nowhere, a team that a lot of people didn't think were going to make the playoffs. And then here they are in the Super Bowl. Now I know it's, you don't have to pick the Bears and you're not going to pick the Bears. But is there a team that you're watching that you think like, you know what? I kind of like what they've been doing. I like the way that they're heading. Who could possibly, I don't want to, I don't want to get you cold takes exposed or anything, but a team you're keeping your eye on who could possibly make a Bengals type run. Okay. I'm going to say something really crazy. Okay. I'm ready for it. <clears throat> I'm not actually, I'm actually not going to say it. I'll t- <laughs> say it. No, I'll, you can't no, I'll tell you out there. I'll tell you off there. Tell me right right now. Tell me right now. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to. I don't know. Look, look, there are a lot of, (laughs) I'm not saying there are a lot of teams. You're going to hold on, hold on. You're not predicting them to go to the Super Bowl. Who's a team to watch? That's all that people want to know. Like, we're not, okay. You're not telling anybody to wager on them. You're not predicting them to go to the Super Bowl, but you can like, you can like what this team has done. Like, I like, I like what this team's done. They could make a run. I want to hear who, I want to hear who you had in mind. Okay. I won't right, judge you. for it? Yeah. I think what the Jets have done in Get the out of off here. season no, I'm kidding. <laughs> has been beneficial on paper. What's yeah. going to happen? You know, they went out. What they did in the draft should be written about. You know, there what? should be stories for teams. Hey, if you want to excel in the draft, follow this. Because what they were able to get with Soft Gardner and Zion Johnson – they really won the draft, in my opinion. And Zach Wilson, I think we haven't seen the end of him, and he hasn't had all that help. I think they really went out there and did what they needed to this offseason. Now, is that going to translate on the field? I have no idea. I have not seen a Jets practice. I don't know what's happening there culturally, but I'm interested to see how these new additions play into that. I also would say... I'm really excited to watch the AFC West. I think that conference has the best, uh, not conference, but that division has the best quarterbacks. You know, those four in Patrick Mahomes, who am I missing? (laughs) Justin Herbert, uh, Derek Carr, and... um, That guy, Russell Wilson, (laughs) the new guy. I think whoever comes out of that is probably going to make a deep run in the playoffs. Because think about it, you're playing those teams twice in the regular season. You're going to get tested, and you're playing against such high competition. I'm really excited to see, and not to mention, you know, who they've brought in, the Chargers on defense, and, you know, the Raiders, Chandler Jones. There's some interesting storylines happening there. 100%. And I, I agree with you on the Jets as well. Again, a lot of this goes I down. I forgot to Kayvon Thibodeau. I knew I was forgetting someone. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that Thibodeau went to the Giants, but I understand. But the Jets oh. had um, – no, no, no. But they got Sauce Gardner. I know who you're talking about. Maybe I was talking about New York. You're talking about New York in general. Both of these teams. No, when yeah. you look at the Jets and the Giants, I, I agree with you. I know because, like, the Jets got – it is confusing because the Jets got Sauce Gardner. They got the receiver. And uh, they got another impact player. And again, like it's it's training camp for us as well. And the Giants got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. I like I like what both of those teams did as well. And I could see both of them 
having an opportunity to make a little bit of a run this year. The Jets, I like them. And I think like, okay, like that's, I like what they did. When you, you can only put together a plan and execute it. And they, they, uh, they executed the plan. Um, and you think of like, you know, you think of some of these, these moves. The only problem with the Jets is that they're in the AFC and their schedule to start, like their first nine games are very tough where they'll probably be underdogs in all of them. But you know what? Again, the, the Bengals were underdogs in a lot of those games too. So that's the cool thing about the NFL is that you can, you can, um, you can uh, build back so quickly and make a run for it. And then the Chargers too, you know, you were mentioning the Chargers. Zion Johnson is another guy. You're like, God, man, they did a nice job as well. You think of the Raiders with Chandler Jones and Devontae, and then you're like, oh, wait, the Chargers did this, and then this team did that. You're like, then they got Russell. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I think in the headline is going to be Bridget Condon picks Jets for the Super Bowl. So that is going to be. No, absolutely not. That's what we did. That, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't it was Garrett, Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson, the other two guys that they yeah. got that were huge for them. There it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So like they did like guys who have like high pedigree, like great players, great college players, great prospects. They were part of DJ's top 50. Like they executed their plan very well. And let's see if they can go out there if Robert Sala can coach and all kinds of stuff. So that's okay. I don't mind that pick. I I, I kind of like the Giants too. I hesitated to put them in the playoffs, but I'm also not going to be surprised if Brian Dayball somehow unlocks Daniel Jones and that team does pretty well. Like that's not going to surprise me. Now, uh, enough of the football. What? Let me ask you though, uh, one more football question. We talked about Super Bowl week. What we did. What was what was your favorite part of Super Bowl week? I got to go back to this because I know the Friends thing was pretty cool. For two days, we did a pretty amazing job. We were on Venice Beach. We went to Warner Brothers. There's us on Venice Beach looking cool. Now that Joe you know, Burrow sunglasses on. The Joe Burrow sunglasses. Look at you. You showed up with props. And we brought in some <laughs> Joe Burrow sunglasses. Is there a photo? Like, are there more photos? Sammy, run some more photos. I know I sent some over. Sammy was out there. There's us on the friend's couch in front of the fountain. There's us on the set. Like, a lot of cool stuff. We also talked to Danny Trejo. Like, we had a pretty cool week. What an though. interesting guy he was. Yes. He was uh, <laughs> Wait. But I don't he, know that he was like a hundred percent sober when we interviewed him either. Maybe not. Who did he forget? He forgot like who Cooper Cup was or something. No, I think or, it was like no. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Oh He's my like god, that guy! You know that guy in uh, Kansas City. Who's that guy who plays quarterback for Kansas City? Um, <laughs> you know the young guy with the swagger. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now, I also uh, before we uh, before we wrap this up, I did want to talk about this. Uh, this was amazing too. And I saved this for the end. I did mention it on, in your intro. You ran the Boston Marathon. Like, holy Lord. Like, I don't think, I know it's one of those things like Bridget ran the marathon. And you're like, no, you ran the Boston Marathon. How did that all come about? Yeah, it's like a blur now thinking back to it. But it's something I'd always wanted to do. I grew up in a town called Holliston, which is right next to the town where the Boston Marathon starts. So every Marathon Monday, you have off from school. Everyone goes and watches. My dad has ran it five times. So growing up, I was like, this is a dream of mine. I always want to run the Boston Marathon. And as you get older, you start coming up with excuses, right? I don't have the time to train. I'm not fast enough. Like, I was never going to qualify. You know, that would have taken... Mm -hmm 
a different kind of different kind of turn for my life. But I realized I wanted to run for charity. And I was tossing with the idea of what charity I'd want to run for. And I actually met this, um, this boy in North Carolina while I was working there who is deemed medically fragile. He's had a lot of different surgeries in and out of the hospital, who really made an impact on my life. And one night I was talking with his parents at dinner. I was like, it'd be awesome to run a marathon with him. And kind of said that thinking, you know, this would never happen. But the plan was for him and I to run the marathon together. I would push him in his stroller. But with the Boston Marathon rules, you can't go, you can't be a member of the marathon, even if somebody, even if you're sitting in a wheelchair or something, unless you're 18 years old. And he's only 10 at the, at the time he was only 10. So I was like, okay, let me think about the other charities that, Boston Marathon accepts and figure out if there's something that would relate to that. So I found the Michael Now Respite Center, which does amazing work in Hockington, Massachusetts. Basically, it's a home for parents to drop off their kids because the school system, they help kids with disabilities from preschool to high school. But after that, there's really nothing for them. So this is a place for kids toddlers before they're three years old, and then people who have graduated high school to go. And you think about a parent, if you're having a kid a lot of times, you think, okay, well, when my kid's a teenager, it gives me a little bit more ability to do things on my own, run some errands, go out and leave the kid at home. But with a child with disability needs a lot more support and help. So these parents sometimes feel tied down and exhausted. So this is a place for them to just kind of drop them off for the day or, you know, and have an overnight stay there to give the parents a date night or something like that. So I ran for this organization, which raises money so that parents can bring their kids for free, basically. Um, And it was an awesome experience. The team there was incredible. Just hearing the stories of why people chose to run for that and the amount of money that people raised was incredible. I raised over $12,000, which I was stoked about, but some people on our team raised like $20,000, $30,000. And I was like, wow, I like the competitiveness in me was like, dang, how, how did they do that? I got to do right. that next time. But uh, the whole process was really challenging, but beneficial. It's one of the most, you know, it's one, one of the things that I've done in my life that has made me the proudest because yeah. when I started training in January, I couldn't even run five miles straight. And then you're going out for 20 mile runs. I remember at the last week we had, you know, our, our short run was 10 miles. And I'm like, Oh, only a 10 mile run today. Not bad. Yeah. And, Cause you just build it up and it's incredible to see what you can do as a person. If you really set your mind and set a goal and it has really translated to every aspect of my life, thinking of something, Oh, I could never do that. Well, you just ran a marathon, something you thought you could never do either. Let's kind of use, you know, that, process and realize things take time and if you put in hard work and effort and stay consistent and have a mental toughness you can get through it um so yeah the marathon the race itself was very difficult i was doing well until about like mile 19 20 and mile 16 is where the hills start in boston and your, your quads just get shot so mile like 22, 23, I was like, I'm about to pass out. I'm going to die. Like, this is it. This is it for me. And then I just thought of all the people who donated and Grayson is the boy's name and just kept thinking, this is bigger than me. If I quit right now, you know, that's not fair to everybody who supported me. So I don't know how I finished. Honestly, I just like zoned out, crossed the finish line and 
the rest is history. I don't think I'll do another, but maybe ask me in a year and my answer will be different. Well, it's an incredible accomplishment. You should absolutely be proud. And I know that all of us were proud of you uh, for what you were able to do. That's huge. That is that is not something that is insignificant by any stretch of the imagination. So congratulations to you. Uh, that was that was amazing. And congratulations, you know, as we're, you know, getting close to wrapping up. I know I think you still got a little bit more time for your first year, but you've been doing a great job for us at the NFL Network. So really appreciate what you've been able to do. You've We've seen you grow, you know, from your reporting uh, to doing your news hits and all that stuff. So I'm excited to see what you have in your future. And thanks so much for coming on to the show. I'm glad we are finally uh, able to get this down. And uh, hopefully we can do it again before the uh, before the season starts. Yeah, I hope I'm welcome back. <laughs> this was awesome. It was great just getting to talk about the whole league in general because sometimes, you know, I'm so ingrained with certain teams. So it's been fun. Thanks. No, anytime. So you have an open invitation and uh, you're welcome. You're welcome on the Sit Pod- Sick Podcast at any time. But uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. We have our NFL Media Summit coming out. So I know I'll see you very soon. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, there she goes, the great Bridget Condon. You can follow her on the social medias. I should have had you. I should have had her give her all her channels. Go find her. I follow her. You should be following her as well. And I hope everybody uh, enjoyed today's show. I did. I liked it too. I got it. You know, again, we uh, there's not a lot of Bears news going on. So it's awesome to go out there and talk a little bit about the rest of the league with the Rams. I know that's a, a team that we have been sort of been compared to like, that's a great organization. The bears aren't. So it's cool to get a little bit of insight. So big thanks to Bridget for stopping by. Join us next week. We'll be back on Tuesday with take it to the rank. We'll have another great guest for you the following Thursday. So make sure you're listening, liking, subscribing, doing all that stuff, telling people we're close to 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. So let's see if we can get over that mark before the season starts. But for, for the next couple of weeks, let's see if we can accomplish that goal. But thank you so much for being here. And uh, that's all I got. Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out, and I'll say bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.